Okay, praise God. I'll call this session two. Session two, okay. Um, ministry 101. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask and we say, as we study this afternoon, we ask and we say, we have fresh light in your word. We say this series will yield much fruits in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Like I said, that's our anchor text in this series. Or in this training, I don't want to call it a series, I want to call it a training. Because this session is to train you on evangelism, discipleship, ministry. And there's, there's a statement that, that my pastor used to make. Um, he said he heard that from Miles Morales in 1992 um, in Azusa Street Revival. And um, um, he says, Miles Morales said, when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. So that means uh, when, I, when you don't know what to do about certain things, you will just abuse it. It's just like evangelism now and discipleship. If you don't know what to do with evangelism, you just keep winning souls or you just keep going out, but you won't be able to achieve as much as you ought to. So when I hear the word, the first thing I have to do with the word is to meditate on it, right? So I hear the word, I think through it. Because, you know, we are not in the showbiz. In the showbiz, we mean that, you know, we, when something goes wrong now, maybe, let's say, I many of you have observed me sometimes, when, maybe when they are playing keyboard, I, I will just look at it like, ah, oh, Benny, play this thing well. Because we are not in the show, I'm not trying to perform for you people here. Do you get it? And I'm not shy to say, Give, get the keys for me rightly. We are all here to worship God. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? It's not a showbiz. So, I mean, that is, and we are, so we are not in a performance. So, the same thing with, this, so don't also be in the hurry to share things, like give things time. I'm saying that because of the messages, everything, like now that I'm teaching supernatural world, I'm teaching things, uh, you know, say, hey, well, carry to your follow up. <laughs> Say following word. Genesis 6. Sit down. The Nephilims, the giants. <laughs> the supernatural beings. The, the, the gods, the children of Anak. You know, say, okay, this, that. You know, but you just become, right? So, okay, so now let's, so, um, the plan of God has not changed. One thing that you should know is the plan of God has not changed. And the message and the ministry is very interrelated. That is, the message, the ministry is interrelated. And we, we said something last week. We said that we have a mandate and we don't, this is, Another quote, too, that I heard from my pastor that I think um, maybe Miles Morosa, I don't know, but it says, we don't come to church to have a nice time. 
but we come to church to receive a mandate. So that means when you go to church, what's your what what's what's on your mind? What do you what do you envisage that would show up? So we we come to have a mandate, and um, so there was always a to do list. When we hear the word of God, um, when, when you hear the word of God, the next thing you should ask yourself is, okay, what next? What do I do next? Are you getting what I'm saying? You see in Mark 16, verse 15, where it says, you should go and preach the gospel. And um, we should. So that means we have a message for everyone. You and I, our message is for everybody. Our message is not secluded to a certain set of people. We, 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 were, able to, we were able to deal with that last week. We said, we must think about people and we must think about places. Then we looked at statistics, right? We're able to understand and say, okay, we must be able to survey and say, okay, who are the people in this place? I expect that now in your ministry location, you should have gotten a statistic, the number of people in that location. Now someone say, hey, Pastor, I don't know. Uh, that's, that's, how it, that's how a good person should have behaved. You should have gotten a good statistic of the number of people in your location, the... Even the racial number, the racial ratio, are they whites, are they black, are they Hispanic, are they this, are they that? You know, that, that will also help you to know what you are facing, what you are, who, you are, who you are trying to reach, and the kind of people that are in that environment. Does that make sense? It just gives you a foresight, like, okay, when I'm going for outings, that means out of, out of 10 people, I'm going to talk to at least five whites because of the lo number of locations I am in. Does that make sense? So it, it just gives you that foresight. So I said, we, in that Mark 16, verse 15 to uh, 19, 20, is to, it shows us that we have a message for everyone. And I must plan for people and I must plan for places. So that means I must be territorial in thinking. I taught us this earlier in the year, um, territorial church. We must be very territorial in thinking. That means I must look at, let's, let's take for instance Enrienta now. We must look at the whole of Enrienta and say, do, do, how many of you observe something that when we wanted to get a church building, I said that we must get it within Enrienta. How many of you observe it that I just wasn't trying to leave Enrienta? I didn't want to go to downtown. I didn't want to go anywhere. I just wanted Enrienta. Why? Enrienta seems to be like the hub. Even as, even if it is as not as much as it's not as much as it's not well known, you know I mean, many things don't really go on in Arianta like that. But almost everybody has something they are doing in Arianta. Why? There's a Walmart in Arianta. There are restaurants in Arianta. There is um, hotels in Arianta. There seem to be something will bring you to Arianta, no matter what. because there are only like. Two, three Walmarts in the whole of Rochester. There's one in Chile. There's, and Chile is like another city, say, entirely. There's one in um, Greece. And I, maybe Webster, too, I guess. So look at it. So that's, I don't even know if there's a Webster, a Walmart in Webster. I don't know. Yeah. There's, so, now, so they, and they are not even Rochester. They are not, they are just outskirts. So look at, some, look at what I did. Within Rochester now, it shows that something will bring you. There's a Wegmans in, in Arianta. There's a Walmart in Arianta. There is almost all the restaurants, at least almost all fast food are in Arianta. 
there's shopping mall, marketplace in Arianta. Even if there's no degree small, all of those, at least there's marketplace that. Hmm? There's also colleges. The colleges are linked within Arianta. There's RIT, there's UR. UR is, I mean, MCC. UR is at least maybe close to Arianta, but we can't call UR. Arianta like that, but at least it's, it's not too far from Arianta. So that was why it, it, it's just feasible to just play, okay, the center is Arianta. Even if as much as things don't, on, on, honestly, things don't really, really go on in Arianta like that. But it's just feasible to just say, okay, Arianta is the best. Because if we Arianta to China, it's just about 10, 15 minutes. It's not far. I mean, so that means we are still connected with the hubs. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that's why it seems like... But if you go downtown now, downtown is about 20 minutes. Our own kind of downtown, we don't have... Our own kind of downtown is not bubbling. Other cities now, downtown can be bubbling. That can be the hub. You can just stay there, right? But our kind of downtown is not bubbling. Our kind of downtown is very quiet. There's no traffic in our own downtown. There's a lot of empty buildings in our own downtown. So it does not make sense to go to downtown in, in this city. But in another city now, are you getting what I'm saying? Downtown is always traffic, things are happening, malls are there, everybody is sightseeing, you know? Even when we, uh, many of us that we do, we do outreaches then in Indiana, we, we like, many times we go to downtown in some places, are you getting what I'm saying? But here is not feasible. Because downtown here is very quiet. It's like dehabilitated places. Are you getting what I'm saying? Just few things go on in our own kind of downtown. Are you getting what I'm saying? More things go on within our own city. So it seemed like I was able to have that. I don't know if you observed that. That's why it seemed like. I remember you observed something that when we were in that, uh, what they call it, Windsor, uh, what, what's the area of that place? Chalai. I, I just wasn't too happy. Eh? Spend support. Oh, expensive, but I just wasn't too happy with that place. If, if people were complaining a lot about the location, all of those, the distance, it was too far. The the number of hours you go and pick people travel, this like you are literally traveling to church. Do you get it? So that was it. That's why it seemed like I kept saying, let's go to Arianta, let's stay within Arianta, let's not go far from Arianta. You get what I'm saying? If I thought we'll go far to, if I thought we'll live anywhere to Arianta, the, the you and I can agree that the next feasible place will be Chile. At least. But Arianta will still be. Are you getting what I'm saying? Arianta will still be. Arianta or Greece will be. Are you getting what I'm saying? Arianta or Greece will be. Greece, Arendo, that area, you know, that's, that's, that's orb. You know, are you getting what I'm saying? That's why it seems like we have a sale. Do you notice, look at how we were able to plan our sales. There's a sale in that area. There's a sale even here in Arianta. There's a sale in Chalai. There's a sale in downtown, downtown Brooks, UR. There's a sale in Arianta MCC. So look at it. We just factioned it around the city like that. And that is how to be territorial in thinking. So we must plan for people and we must plan for places. Are you getting what I'm saying? As much as we want to reach the whole world via social media, which is good, you must have something going on on site. 
Does that make sense? You must make sure that at least there's people you are really teaching. People you are really training. So I must be also cross-cultural in thinking. Cross-cultural in thinking we mean I must not just plan for my own race alone because I'm not a racist and you are not a racist too. A Christian cannot be a racist. So you must not just plan for you just want to have people of your own color alone. No. You must plan for people that don't speak your language, people that you might have to do Google translation for. I, I, I figure that in this, our, in this our city now, there's a more of Congolese in this area. Congolese, French speaking, 80. Also 80 and 80 Congolese. Those ones dominate more of um, and even Burundi. Those Eastern Africa area, Eastern Africa and um, East, East Africa, Eritrea, Somalia, Ethiopia. That's why you, you see a lot of their restaurants. In fact, when I first got to this city the first time, that was the first things I was seeing. Ethiopia restaurant, Somalia restaurant, Asia. So I know, okay, Jamaica things. So that's to tell you that. Do you see that there's no Nigerian restaurant in Rochester? Even, I mean, it's not as, it's not as prominent like that. That's to tell you that there's no in North Nigerians. So that shows that in this kind of our city now, you know, in, in some other cities now, you can't think like ah, I'm thinking like this in Maryland. <laughs> uh, you get what I'm saying? You can't think like the way I'm thinking in Indiana. You can't think like the way I'm thinking in Chicago. You can't think like the way I'm thinking in. in you can't think like the way I'm thinking in Texas. <laughs> Even in New York City. I mean, not just that, I mean, typical New York. I mean, New York, Albany, um, Queens, Bronx, um, Brooklyn, um, Manhattan. You can't be thinking like the way I'm thinking. I'm thinking Rochester now. You can't be thinking the way I'm thinking in New Jersey. You can't be thinking the way I'm thinking in... Um, but even in D.C. But you would think the way I'm thinking when you start talking about Kansas City. When you start talking about Rhode Island, when you start talking about Wisconsin or Wyoming or Alaska, <laughs> oh no, Oregon, Portland, there's, there's, there's still a lot of Kirillia. Uh, you can't be thinking. Um, so there's a, way to, there's a way to think. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that shows you, you have to be cross cultural in thinking. I'm saying it because you are, you are here. But if, for those that are hearing me now, they can also first start with their immediate environment and say, okay, let me at least start for, with my own immediate community. Then I branch out to, are you getting what I'm saying? To other races, are you getting what I'm saying? They can still be thinking that way. But you, can th you will think and say, okay, you in Rochester now, you know that you're going to face people that are not necessarily Nigerians. How many times have you gone to outreach that you see in Nigeria? It's always a miracle. So, you're not going to find things like that here. So, that means one of the things you're going to find is you're going to find whites, you're going to find black Americans, you're going to find people from other African countries, you're going to find Asians, you're going to find... East Africa. East, are you getting what I'm saying? So, that would mean that you already know what you are doing. So, you have to be cross-cultural now in your thinking. So, that means it will be very wrong if in our service, 
we don't have cross-cultural things. And thank God we do. Thank God we do. Thank God. But it will be very bad if in supernatural communities Rochester, we don't have people from different races or people from different tribes or people from different culture. Thank God we do. I do get what I'm saying. Thank God we do. But I'm just saying, it will be very illogical if everybody in supernatural communities of Rochester are probably Nigerians. It will be, it will be the wrongest thing. Do you see that Thanksgiving now, I was able to say, everybody bring food from your own culture and look at the kind of food we ate. The reason why we can say that is because we are, we are multicultural in our church. Are you getting it? So that means in New York, Supernatural Commission New York now. In fact, the whole of New York, New York is the most diverse, according to statistics, New York is the most diverse city or state in the whole of the United States. There's a lot of culture. So we cannot have a church in New York that is not diverse. I mean, even if you go to Martin, Albany, everywhere, you can't have a church in New York that is not diverse. Except we are not reaching out. Except we are just gauging our friends. Except we are just trying to be a cult. And like I told you last week, we are not a cult. We are reaching out. So that means, looking at the scope of New York alone now, it shows to us that, it shows to us that we must be multicultural. That means we must accommodate the white. Are you seeing it? So that way we cannot have the language that is applicable in New York is English. So we speak English in our service. We cannot be over dancing because not all cultures can do it. We, our services, it's not as if we are trying to bend. Our services are scripturally done, but whatever we are doing fits into every world. We collect offering. We sing. We lift our hands, we kneel down if we are if possible, we hear the word and we go home. We are trained, we do outreach, we flow with the gifts of the Spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, New York is very diverse, so we must, so as we keep spreading even within New York, we must have a mindset that our spreading is diverse. We are not trying to reach Nigerian church or an African church because New York is very diverse. We must start thinking of the Jewish because there's a lot of Jews in the whole of New York. In fact, there's a Jewish tour here in Rochester, Farah, Farah Jewish tour. It's to tell you that there is multi-diverse things in New York. It might not be in other cities, but that is the problem we are faced with here. So we must be thinking of how we will have a, somebody with a cap, a rabbi, to come to our service. Yes. There's no day I fly JFK <laughs> that I don't find them in their group, in their numbers, trooping. They are with their white and black and their beards, their mustard twisted down. <laughs> Every time I fly JFK. Are you getting what I was saying? It's like that. So, we must be cross-cultural in our thinking. So, that means if you look at your ministry location, 
and you see your ministry location is a place where maybe it's all of Africans that is your ministry location. You just know, okay, this is an African church here. This is an African cell. Even though you will not call it an African cell, but you just say, all the people in this place are Africans. Are you getting what I'm saying? But even the population of the people, that's why you should start, we, we are in a world of data. Go and do it. Me, I've done some of my own work and what will help me. And that's why I'm able to teach you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Go to your, like MCC, UR, RIT, child like Greece. Go and do it statistics. People that live in that place. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that way you know, when you are stepping out for outreach, you kind of have an idea of the kind of people you are going to meet. Does that make sense? So, look, we are still coming, I'm, this training is a progression and I have different sessions. So that way you are just logically ready for the kind of people you are going to meet. If you are in a student community, you know that you are talking to, most of you are not an undergrad here, or most of you are past the age of undergrad. So you know that you are talking to people younger than you. So if you are in a, if you are in a student community now, most of you in church now, I think, you, almost all of you are, I mean, almost all of you, at least for, for the sake of this training, as are now. Which I know that many people will still hear this later and all of those things, but most of you are past that age of undergrad. And it shows that if you go to a student community now, you are talking to, you just know the age statistics. You are talking to somebody you are younger than. Somebody you can help. Somebody you can easily put through and say, okay, this is how to do your assignment. Somebody that you have gone through that motions of what he is going through. The same way you two you are hustling in the code, putting your jacket on and running to a class, you have gone through it. So you just have a logical mindset. I remember I went, me and Joy, we went for outreach this week and we were in RIT and I dressed like a student. If I even wore the RIT clothes. Because I wanted to fit in into the world. So you don't ask me questions. So I'm not faced with question of whether I'm a student or I'm not a student. So there's nothing wrong with getting it. If you're in a student community, go and get their hoodie. The all schools has hoodie. Maybe you'll be wearing their hoodie every time. So you at least, that number one question of, are you a student, is gone. You know, that's a logical way to think. I had to tell Indidi to get me the hoodie, and I knew it, and it was intentional because I knew that I would still be going for outreach in that place one day. So I dressed, I just went, so at least nobody is going to ask me. That's, that's, that, and you, there's a way you will do, you two also have to dress like a student. So that way you, you will, that would take away the whole barrier of, eh, you are looking for the devil, I mean, the devil is looking for you in that place. You know, if we can have some common sense, there will be no pers the persecutions will be minimal. I'm not joking. I'm getting to that persecution thing. I'm getting there. Just hold on. But you, you are doing outreach in MCC. Wear their hoodie now. Just deliberately wear their clothes. They have every school has buy it. Not buy different color. Be wearing the different color every time. That will save you from. Or you are going to UR. Just be wearing the, that will save you from number one question of are you a student? Are you getting one? You know, especially you are, those are the questions that every student will first ask you. How many of us have it? If you do outreach, those are when you start talking and engaging them more, the first question that you are also they will first ask you, are you a student? 
you don't have to say yes or no. You just say, ah, don't you, can't you see? You know, that will have saved you for whether you are lying or be you are not lying. Just can't you see? It's just wisdom. Can't you see? That's why intentionally, in fact, Joy was asking, you know, wear any jacket? I knew what I was going to do. So that, usually I wore a jacket, it's cold. I said, don't worry. Because my face does not look like a student. It's true now. So when I'm not engaging, you're not going to be asking me jam question. Can't you see? Everything is really all right. All right. <laughs> so just go ready. Am I making sense? So even if a police is coming for you and they see it, they will know, they will mix, they will be thinking who is the person. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you must be cross-cultural in thinking. You must be cross, you see, uh, so that means you must plan for, we are in a widely dominated state, a city, Rochester. The percentage of white is, is more than black in Rochester. So that means we must, thank God we have white, but we, are, we, must, do, we must do better because it's too small. There's more white in Rochester than blacks. The ratio percentage shows it. The data percentage shows, shows it. So that shows that it is very reasonable to have whites in our service. Thank God we do. I mean, thank God. But we must do better in doing it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Those are what we are faced with. So now, for those of you that are not in Rochester now, that are listening to me or watching this, you must ask yourself, what are you faced with in your location? Are you getting what I'm saying? Do statistics. You, must, you, see, I, you see, I can tell you the number of people in this city. Because I've done my research. You must be able to say, these are the number of students in this school. Okay. How many men? How many guys? So, that way, you may be able to say, okay, in my location now, in my cell, I should have more men than women because... Are you getting what I'm saying? How many whites in this place? How many blacks? How many... How many international students? How many? Are you getting what I'm saying? Ask those. So that way, when you are reaching out, you just have a. You just know the kind of people you want to see. Are you saying that this is, this is practical ministry 101? <laughs> people really gave the title. I'm teacher maker favor. Favor teacher. Whatever. Whatever gave the title between both of them. Whatever. Whoever is featuring it. But do you notice that this is practical? Are you seeing it? This first number one common sense before you know. Just like when Jesus said, go to Ju you know, Jesus told them, you know look what Jesus did. When Jesus said that the mission to the 10 and the 70. Let me show you. Go to Matthew 10. Go to Matthew 10. Let me show you what he did. He told them, he gave them certain instruction. Go to Matthew 10. Look at it, verse 1. He has called his disciples unto them, give them power casting or clean spirit and all manner of sicknesses and disease and all of those things. Look at it, verse 5. Then Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles. Look at it too. And into any city of the Samar Samaritans enter ye not. So that means, who were the audience that disciples were going to see? The Jews. Because he did to them, any city that is called Samaritans, uh, who are the Samaritans? Samaritans are like people that came out from the let me tell you who Samaritans are like. Samaritans are like saying, I'm an American. 
but this I'm a Caucasian American. Ah, no, 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 let me not explain that. Let me not say that. Um, let me say I'm a, I'm an African, but in Nigerian Africa. But even in the Nigerian Africa, I still came out. I'm the Ni Yoruba Nigeria. Something, somebody that came out of something. Are you getting what? That's good. I will explain it to him when we are studying more, when we are doing more Bible exegesis. I will explain that Samaritan thing. But you know, say, but rather go into the lordship of the house of Israel. So that means you go to the Israelites, go to the Jews. Are you seeing it? They just knew. So that means when they are going for outreach, they know the kind of people they want to go and meet and the kind of problem they are faced with. Are you seeing it now? This will now give you, in your discipleship, you kind of know who is who. You know that. You know the kind of problem facing the white. I don't have to, talk, I don't have to say it. <laughs> you, you know it. You know the kind of problem facing the black. You know the kind of problem facing the African. When, when you see them in Africa and they see they are a Christian, you just kind of know with experience, which I expect that all of you should have had. You just kind of have a perception of, okay, this might be his issue. Probably just not stable in a local church. It's probably just running away. It's just being lazy. So you just know how to tackle things. And you just know, okay, if it's a wife, you just say, hmm. There's a way to start from the beginning again. Maybe he has not even been to church all his life. Maybe he has been to church, but he ran away. Maybe it's a black who has who, who was even serious. Most black people went to church, but they, they ran away. It's just common. I'm just being raw here. Are you getting what I'm saying? You just kind of have a perception. I remember there was a time this, this week, me and Joy, we saw one guy and we just said, ah, we say you're a Christian. We just said, ah. I didn't even bother preaching. Do you know what I just said? I just said, why have you not been going to church? He said, I said, come to church. That's all. Because you just kind of know his problem. He's a Christian. He's an African. Because, and that's the joy that God has blessed us with as Africans. We are quite religious religious minded kind of i mean and that is a good blessing such that when you meet a nigerian today you can quickly say why are you not going to church i say he tell you i'm a muslim even when you see you, see, you even want to think he's not a serious muslim so where you might you see what is is this one there are some serious ones so like the ones that some of you that have been to my house in lagos <laughs> you know that place where they are training so <laughs> but <laughs> they, they use cane to train them <laughs> so, but you, are you getting what I'm saying? You just kind of, ah, what's doing? You? Mm. But you can easily gauge their problem and you can easily know how to start tackling it. So, you know what I said last week? I said experience is always key. So, now all the experiences you have gathered so far in ministry is going to help you now. So, I must be cultural in thinking, I must be territorial in thinking. And what we do in what we do now, look at the way the persecution will come up. What I do, or the kind of result I get, must be intimidating enough to attract persecution. It should be the kind of result I'm getting that we attract persecution. Not that I'm just trying to get on outreach. And what brought persecution was the three thousand. That's intimidating enough. Not one. They say go. Mm -mm. Mm. It's you that you, you probably did something wrong. You probably were you you probably were soliciting. Well, the other place you could actually go to to preach instead of soliciting in a place. Don't attract, don't cause for when they say don't solicit, you just obey the instruction and don't solicit. As other places close down, are you getting what I'm saying? 
go to another place, go there. It's the numbers that really attract persecution in scriptures. It's the number. So that means I must, I must walk underground. Are you getting what I'm saying? So let's say myself, maybe it's not registered now, maybe in the school, maybe the campus fellowship. But we start increasing so much, 500 people are coming. Ah! And it's not registered. You know, that, that's persecution. Because the hall that you will use to gather that 500 people, you have to book it. Am I making sense? So what I do must... So that means the kind of work I generate must be daring enough to attract persecution. If they say, if you know that police is always in one... Is what is what, don't go and say, I'll pray, I'll pray. We are free from police. Mm. Go to where there is no police. Source has not finished now. Why do you want to attract? When you see that police driving your own corner, drive to another corner. There's souls everywhere. What we do must be daring enough to attract. So that means we must be able to reach the number so much that we have so much following. Are you seeing it? Or, or maybe we heal the sick and people came. Are you getting what I'm saying? Just like in Act 4. Are you getting what I'm saying? Do you know why they were able to persecute Jesus? Jesus had the numbers. Do you know how many cities were following? Do you know when they say Decapolis? Decapolis means 10 cities. We're following Jesus. Imagine Jesus had a meeting, 5,000 men beside women gathered and sat down in a city of 60,000 people. Or 70,000 people, and you want to tell me that they will not, that will not attract Pilate and the Pharisees, and the Sadducees and the Pharisees will not be jealous of what he's doing. Synagogue could not contain what he's doing. He had to take them to the wilderness. You don't get it. Synagogue, the church. No, I'm not saying the, <laughs> I'm not saying the one in Nigeria, I'm saying in their own day, could not contain what he's doing. It is, you know, that's intimidating enough. So that should be like a goal, such that we, we, what we are doing, the kind of impact we are making is daring enough to attract persecution. Not that we just set ourselves up for, for the persecution to be coming. Because if you look at the precedence of scripture, don't go and check it in the book of Acts. It's the results that generates persecution. Not what, not, not, not something without results. Paul casted out a demon. He was put in prison. They flogged the disciples because they said their, their doctrine has filled the whole of Jerusalem. Look at Jesus. Look at Stephen. Are you seeing it? Look at all of those things. So that means what I do must be daring enough to attract persecution. So that means we can be smart enough to avoid police. When you see that somebody, all these Walmart officials, all those things, when you see that they're already acting someone, there's nothing wrong with living. Just to, I mean, contain the old thing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Maybe you're still talking to somebody, you can go let the person number, we'll continue later. Just continue. Don't, you don't say, we, we, we will die in this gospel. You're not going to put your name on blacklist and say not to enter Walmart again. 
Now you get to understand. Let our results be what is daring enough to attract the persecution. You get to what I'm saying. I don't know if I'm making sense. Eh. So that means we must, we can be smart. We can be we can think through it. We know what we are doing. So that means because whatever I'm doing must have an influence in the territory and in the people. So that means I am not look at your entire ministry location as wow, this is God's home here. I want to see. I've been saying it and I keep saying it, and you've heard me say it. I want to see the entire 202,000 people in Rochester saved. That's my plan. That's my goal. You must look at your own ministry location and see it as God's plan. I believe for the whole of America, I believe for the whole of North America, that the whole of North America will be saved. North America, as of 2016, is 576 million. As of 2016, 36, 576 million. I'm believing God for North America like that. When I mean North America, I mean the whole continent, 556 million. So when I'm teaching, I'm teaching North America, teaching Africa, I'm teaching Europe, I'm teaching, I'm looking at that. But my immediate territory is what I focus on the most. Because that is where I am. I'm not in North America, I'm not in, I'm not in Mexico. We will get to Mexico, but at least where am I staying? Are you going to know what I'm saying? Must at least feel the impact of whatever I'm doing. So that means I must be able to think and say, my ministry location, what am I doing? Uh, stand up now. Are you not, are you not dozing? Oh, okay. <laughs> so I must be able to see that whatever I'm doing must have influence in the territory and in the people. So that we, and that can attract the persecution. So imagine the whole of China right now, or the whole of RIT is saved. You know you are going to face persecution. Or let's say about a thousand people is following you in just RIT alone. Just one thousand people gathered together in one place, praying in tongues. All, all the entire one thousand people are doing outreach. Hope you know police will come. That is exactly what I'm saying. And it's going to happen. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is that alone, they will not start wondering what's going on. Why are you soliciting? Because there will be no place that you will get to that. Are you getting what I'm saying? You will even have to talk to a teacher. You won't even know. Somebody will not even know. They will go and talk to a teacher. Are you getting what I'm saying? And from that point, it will not be too late to stop a thousand people. Are you seeing? Are, are you seeing it now? Does it make sense to you now? Uh, so that is, that, so that means what we are doing must be, must be, so that means we must plan for people, we must plan for places, we must plan for territories, we must look around our, our society and say, okay, this is what we are doing. That means we must have an influence. That means the lives of people there must change. That means if you look at your ministry locator and say that people there are giving to drugs, who they are giving to addiction, you know that you've got to pray. You got to break that stronghold. You got to make sure that that chains are broken. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you go to the place and you say that people are just distracted here, you know that okay, this is a a point to pray for focus. A man's life. You hear what I'm saying? Uh, we must be able to look at that. It's just like here in Rochester now. They they, they believe. I have not. I, I don't want to believe it, but they believe that Rochester has a lot of crime. 
But I don't, I don't want to believe it. I don't wish to believe it in my own gospel mind. But that's what they said. So that means a lot of strongholds has to be broken. So we know the kind of things we are faced with. That okay, we are facing crime rates, stealing, killing. People even racing police. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that shows that we are faced with those kind of strongholds. And even what? Even stealing cars. The people, people, people. So it shows that it shows that we must plan for even the young ones in the community. And you get what I'm saying? So that shows that we are faced with all those issues. And let me tell you the work of the gospel is our responsibility. Government can't do this. That's the truth. Government can only do what will government do? They just lock them up. But the locking up does it really save does it really save a life? So it shows that we must plan for those young people and now we want to change their lives. Are you seeing it? Okay. Look at Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my body is light. You know when he says you shall find rest for your souls, some people are thinking, God wants you to be resting. You know, I told you, you have to take it to the Genesis account now, rest. You know, so God is still doing something even in his rest. So when he says, learn of me, that word learn is the word manthano. And when I say, when I say manthano, I think it's a typical worker in supernatural conditions to know what manthano means. Okay, better. Yoke is from the Greek word zugos, Z-U-G-O-S, zugos. And it's just a relationship between a master and a student. So when he says, take my yoke and learn of me, and I told you, I've always told you, rest is not inactivity. Rest, rest is not inactivity. So when he says, so to make disciple, so let me, before I get to that point, to make disciple is by listening and by observation. Put that down. To make a disciple is by listening and by observation. And the reason why Jesus gave his gave this instruction is because Jesus showed them his own pattern. Jesus showed them his own pattern. And we are now looking at this um, Matthew 11 verse 27 to 30 now. And it says this zugos. And what does this zugos mean? This yoke. Some people used to think, hey, the yoke of your bondage. No. This yoke simply means zugos in the Greek. And it simply means between is used between a teacher and a student. Between a master and a servant. So he says, take my yoke upon you. Look at it. Look at it. So now, does it make sense now when he says, take my yoke upon you? Look at, everybody look at me. When I say yoke, I'm saying it is used between a teacher and a student, a master and a servant. So when Jesus will tell them, take my yoke upon you, can we say, take my responsibility upon you? Are you seeing it? So when he says, my yoke is easy, my body is light. Is it making sense? So when he says, so the yoke is the yoke to learn in the father and the son that's the yoke that is to see the father in the son so it is what you are learning and seeing so which means that god has committed his learning to you he has committed his learning to you so people therefore 
are supposed to see and learn from you. So as a disciple, as somebody who is discipling people, who is, somebody, who is teaching people and making disciples, they are going to learn from you. So it is not referring to inactivity, but it's an activity. So the concept of meeting disciples is a very intense work. It's a very intense activity. And one of the things we are doing in this series is that we are going to break it into details. Amen. So if you are going out, remember we said, when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable, right? So when you are going out to preach, when you are going out for evangelism, you are not just going out to do it, to do it and just say, oh, Andre reached. <laughs> because some people will just say, Pastor, we just preach. No. But it's an intentional activity where you have you must have something in mind. Because that means you know that you are going to get men that you are going to teach and train. When you go out, there should be a mindset you have. When I'm going out, I am going to reach men that I'm going to teach and train. I am going to reach men that I'm going to teach and train. So the concept of discipleship is not a short-term activity. Don't see it as a short-term activity. It's an intense one. It's not only preaching, even though preaching is a core part of it too. It's not just preaching alone. No. So when I am going out to preach, just like tonight, just like tomorrow, just like Monday, just like Tuesday, when I'm going out to preach, what's on my mind? What's my focus? What's my target? I must have something in mind. Because we said it's an intentional activity, right? You know, we said when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable, right? So that means the purpose of going out at all must be well known. When I'm going out to preach, what's on my mind? Are you going out to just say, hey, pastor, I preach, oh. Uh-uh. I must be going with a mindset to teach and preach. To train men also. Because it's a learn of me. Which means that because he says, look at what he says in that Matthew 11. He says, learn of me. That word learn of me means you can't give what you don't have. So that means discipleship is to reproduce yourself. So I will ask you a question. Can you reproduce yourself in the life of people? Let me give you that activity this evening. Ask yourself a question now. Or you circle it in your book. Can I reproduce myself? Can I reproduce my prayer life in the life of people? So say, hey, can I reproduce my study life? Can I reproduce my can I reproduce my character? I used to shout, I used to get angry. Can I reproduce that? <laughs> so this is a question you must have because you want to make the person a student of Jesus, but the question is: can you reproduce what you have in another person? So look at it. He called his disciples and he said, So, would you love to reproduce you to people? So you want to make the person a student of Jesus, like we said. You will see in Matthew 4, he called, 
Look at it, Matthew 4. Let me show you something there. Look at Matthew 4. Look at Matthew 4, verse 17 to 18. Matthew 4, look at something. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of God. Jesus walking by to the sea. But look at it. Jesus was preaching. Are you seeing it? Then he now called Peter. Look at what he now did in verse. Look at what he now did. He now says in verse 19, follow me. Who was Jesus? Who was Jesus? Who? He chose in Mark 3 verse 14. Don't forget, in Mark 3 14, he chose his disciples so that they can be with him. He now says, follow me so that you will become fishers of men. Right? Can we say he reproduced himself in his, to his disciples? Because he was already fishing for men already. He was in the process of fishing for men. He met them. I don't know if I'm making sense. Okay. So that is to say, my spiritual growth is not for me alone. So he says, I will make you fishers of men. That means make disciples. Which means, in discipleship, we reproduce ourselves. We reproduce ourselves. We reproduce ourselves. I remember some years ago when I noticed that you people could not pray loudly. That many of you would come for prayer meeting and just be doing soliloquy in prayer. What did I do? I did a teaching on what? Why we pray aloud. <laughs> and that changed the trajectory. So touch that today now. Our prayer, our, 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 our prayer can bring down a roof. But it was never like that before. I also taught people how to do the praying aloud. I don't know people how to hold hand with somebody. Have you? Because me too, I also learned it. I remember some years ago too, when you people, could, when you people thought it's not possible to pray in the rain. I showed you by precept and by example. Even though you were angry that it was going on, but you still prayed in the rain too. Six hours in the rain. Today night, somebody say, oh, it's raining, you can't pray. You don't remember? Ah. <laughs> if I did it before, I can do it again. Are you getting what I'm saying? Prayer work of those days. I remember she would be crying. I would say, don't worry, don't worry, we are almost there. <laughs> Some people pass the short cut. <laughs> she would be crying. Is she not doing it today now? Someday she will come and say, Pastor, I walked around the whole of Oriental praying. I say, when you were crying, those years, you don't know. And you get to what I'm saying? Because that's what I do too. Yesterday, in Vray, I went into the bush, in the cold. I came back after almost more than, I spent more than close to more than quite an hour or more in the cool. When I couldn't contain it again, I came back inside. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? Literally, I walk from my house to church. Anytime you don't see me come to church, just know that I've, I started my own prayer walk before the seven. I started walking down. So walking from my house to church now is not a problem. I mean, I don't pass shortcut like you people. No, 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 I don't. She has seen me on the highway praying before. Today, now, when people are doing, Pastor, I'm just doing a prayer walk around my music. It's because you were trained that way. Are you getting what I'm saying? You reproduce yourself in people. The reason why you love God's word today, now, where you are curious for the word, is because I'm curious. And I put, do you notice that many of you, you will never have been so particular much about Bible study that much. But it's because of the kind of curiosity and the way I engage people with Bible study, it kind of opens your mind to that, ah, this thing is sweet, I want to learn. Are you getting what I'm saying? You reproduce that same thing too to people. Are you getting what I'm saying? Look at many of you now. You couldn't flow with the Spirit strongly before. Oh, I remember the first time we asked this one to see vision. I will never forget it. Say, I see red. <laughs> I, mean, I just had to encourage her and say, don't worry, hallelujah, glory to God. It just happens that way. But some haters in that service, they were so angry and red. When we were seeing the mysteries of the kingdom, <laughs> and I taught them to, they forgot when I taught them. But they were angry. Now, this is when I say I saw Jesus last week. I say I saw one supernatural being. Even me, I don't see him. They were arguing. I say I saw this. I saw that. He, he was wearing this. He was wearing that. I say, ah. May I not be aware? May I not be disaware? <laughs> Unaware of what's happening in this already. Are you getting what I'm saying? It was never, it will not always be like that. But there was a day she saw red. <laughs> and I know that red thing very well. Because <laughs> it's like when you close your eyes now, if there's someone say close your eyes now, what do you see? You see black. But if you have shown, if light has shown on your face so much, you see red. <laughs> and that day, I know the lightning of that room. The bulb has not yet spoiled. <laughs> the light was still very bright. <laughs> so when she said, I see, I see, so what do you see? What do you see? She said, she came and said, she walked to the pulpit. I will never forget. See, I just. This 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 is she said. She said it like so they want to they want to tell us about a supernatural being that like he wants to give us this appearance a description of a supernatural being. He said as she closed her eyes, so he said, I, I just see red. like an achievement and I did not want to kill it but some haters were trying to kill it in that service but I just said wow wow it's, that's that's a step that I mean and I, and I, and I gave a wrong explanation of scripture 
that day to encourage her. There are some times that you could not see that it could just be a color and it just can mean that it's. <laughs> That maybe, and I said, let's pray about it. That maybe something is coming up, this and that. I'm not joking, that's what I did. Just to encourage the achievement, at least. You are somebody that will even beg to come to service. So red. <laughs> Joe, Simon. <laughs> so that the, the entire service, she's, she's already asking you, when are you taking me back home? <laughs> Now I decided to see red. <laughs> Please. <laughs> see <him> when they go. <laughs> it was a, it was maybe a first evening service that we flowed in the spirit. Yeah, maybe one of those services. And you now saw red for your first meeting. Joe, see they go. I, in fact, when I was out, I think I was the one that took her home that day. When I was even taking her, I said, wow, you have started seeing. I said, wow, you have She was feeling herself. I knew that a time will come like this, where I will bring it up. Because she won't be in that point. As long as you keep praying, you keep teaching, you keep... I know. Now she's the same person that tell you, I just perceive and I see, you know, I just see this. And... But there was a day she saw red. <laughs> that day was funny. I'm not joking. I said, Bridget, what do you see? Some people say, ha, pastor, this, 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 this. And I said, sister, ah, go. She, she did not even stay on her seat. <laughs> Can't even she stayed on her seat. Is it love? Is it love? Who is the situation? She came to the phone like this. This, and you know, she was, she, she was still very short. This, she came like this, and she was like, you know, I just, I just, I see red. Wanted to love, but I just, I, I just say, you know, brethren, there's a way we could just, it could just mean that there's a danger coming ahead. And I said, let's pray about it. Why Somebody came for evening service the first day and seated. So that you have been begging since January. Show up for service. Show up. The person who asking you, please, when are you taking me home? You say, please, just see now. Well, you, not, you tell her, see more color. Do you, I even asked her, do you still see more? She said, no. I think that's all for now. <laughs> so I said, no, we'll just go to your seats. Go and just continue seeing. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Uh, it's not always like that. No, she, she, she now prays for the sick. Are you getting what I'm saying? All of you literally now pray for the sick now. 
healing the sick is not a problem again. Seeing vision and revelation is not a problem. Are you getting what I'm saying? But it was never like that before. Are you getting what I'm saying? He added then too. Speaking tongues is not coming. It's not coming. I lay hand, lay leg, lay body. When we're rejoicing, say glory. Now she was the one that was laughing in camp meeting. When we say glory, it's like saying, umoleru, like another, as you see by the word, like one witchcraft, try to, in that the, only, the, the move of the spirit. Rejoice. Glory to God. Everybody's like, woo, woo. This, this, this is how she did, does. Is it how she did like She's looking at it like. She's looking at it like. Useless, useless people. <laughs> jobless people, they are just rejoicing. And you know, all those brilliant people, they wear glass and look like one nerd. All, they, all is on their mind is just chemistry, biology, like. And they're just looking at it like. The rubbish. Fools. Those guys are like fools, useless. I want to go and read. I don't have time for that time for all this to rejoice in the spirit. We will rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. So that even if you are not, you know, that kind of rejoicing that you will rejoice that even if the person is not learning, the person will still laugh. This one, no. And she's not speaking in tongues, so. No tongue, no rejoice. No Holy Ghost. <laughs> Even the glasses gone. Is this not the glasses she was using then? No. That one was conk. You know that the eye problem was... <laughs> you know that the eye problem... <laughs> you know that the eye problem was intense. With the kind of demon that was... With the kind of demon and principality that was chasing her. So the, this... That was spectacle. No, the, the guys, you know, this one, you can still see through that one. You can still see your eyes from this one. That one is thick. Thick. But you're looking at her, you don't know what she's thinking. She's just like one witch there. Mm. Mm. She's looking at you like fools. Rubbish. You can literally read her like, I got tired. I she will come and sit down, but she, you, look at, you can literally read her like, I have a book to read. And she will come early. And when I first met her, let me tell you, when I first met her, did, favor was splitting her here. She was watching Grey Anatomy. Come on, sir. That's all. With her conk spectacle glass. <laughs> now she's displaying I say, Do you see this? I just perceive this. I just see this. But then there's no CEO. All she sees is the glasses. In fact, even the glasses, God, she's still not seeing you. But it's not always like it's not going to be like that for life. And you get what I'm saying? Ah, it can't be like that for life. If somebody tell you that you'll be preaching in the snow, in the rain, in the winter, in the would you have agreed? They told you this years ago. They said no, and that's why training is ma training matters. If you did not learn how to do those things, and that's because I also had to show you people the example. 
if I if we didn't do things like that, you wouldn't know that you will be. We'll all be waiting for summer time to preach the gospel. So the reason why we can't go over is because it's too cold. It's because you are lazy now. Are you getting what I'm saying? I remember when I first got to the city. Inside winter, conk one that the snow like this, our leg will hit a grush. The snow will come to your leg. That's how we were going. That's how, that's how we were entering like this. In the whole of you are like this. As you put your leg like this, grrr, you when you get when your your inside your your shoes are you wet. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, you'll be engaging people in the code, walking with them. <laughs> you gospel. That is that is the trade. How you get what I'm saying? So that means you must be ready to train yourself. You must you must be ready to ask yourself and say, can you reproduce yourself in people? When you are going out to outreach, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? <clears throat> Because it says, follow me. So I'm meant to be a model that is reproduced in others. And what am I reproducing? My purpose is to reproduce me. That's number one. What am I reproducing? I want to reproduce myself. So I must pay attention to me. So am I growing? Are you going to what I'm saying? I must pay attention to me. Am I growing spiritually? Is my character conduct wise? Am I good? Do I just get angry? Do I know how to walk in love? Because my disciple is watching. Are you getting what I'm saying? So those are the first things you ask yourself. And what kind of message am I passing across? The message I'm passing across is very vital. Because it says, follow me. And don't forget when it says, follow me. They didn't know he was going to die for their sins. So hope you know. As at that time, when he said, follow me, they did not know that he's the savior that is going to die for their sins. They were just, in fact, they, historical accounts, they did not know till almost one week. All the salmon, it did not click. Just imagine I'm telling you I'm going to die. You don't be wondering which death. Everybody is going to die normally in this life, but which one you wish is die for sin. They didn't know. <clears throat> That's why I say, like John, there's a way John wrote his account and I put it at the ending. Is to show us that that was when it was towards the ending of his day. He started telling them that, see, this is what is about to happen. Jesus did not tell them. So they followed like that. So they didn't follow for because he was going to die for sin. So, my, so, that, so you, can you say that your spiritual growth now is not for you alone? It's for other people. You know, I tell you that when I go for meetings, I pack the whole of my life, my ministry, my location, my everything <clears throat> with me. So that I pray that, so that when hands are laid on me, they are laying hands on everything that I represent. So in discipleship, we reproduce ourselves. So I must have a goal. <clears throat> my, my goal is to reproduce me. So that means I must pay attention to me, like I said. I must also pay attention to the kind of message <coughs> I pass across. What do I say? You cannot underrate your preaching, what you are preaching. The message must be so clear that Christ died and Christ was crucified. So as a discipler, I am hearing the word for myself. And for others. Are you seeing it? You know, why are you taking notes? What if your teaching notes becomes your teaching notes? In, in what the notes you are taking now, what if they say, go and bring it and come and use it to teach in the next two years? 
Is this solid? Is the note you are taking solid enough to teach? Do you go back to your note or you just write it? You are also used to writing notes. Do you go to your note and just read it? I say, okay, okay, let me just go through. So as a disciple of men, I'm hearing the word for me and I'm also hearing the word for others. So what is the raw material you're giving out? You know you can't rush it, right? You can't rush what you're doing. Because if you rush it, you will have fake disciples. Hope you know. <coughs> Don't rush it. Take the motions of time. That's why I said, there was a day she was, Chiamaka was saying red. There was a day her day was not rejoicing, cannot even speak in tongues. I mean, she was literally in her mission for almost three, four, five, six months. Have you? Almost more than that, self, and not speaking in tongues. So don't castigate somebody and say they are not speaking in tongues yet. Calm down. It's not a good thing, no, but calm down. I also did not give up. I, I knew it was not a good thing, but I kept at it. Prayer. The day she finally spoke, I don't even know the date today. But I shall know that she was, I shall know that I came to church and I saw her speaking. How she spoke, I still don't know. Maybe she, she knows the deal, but me, I don't know. It just was a miracle. I see it as a miracle. Hallelujah. So, don't rush it. I know you want your disciple to quickly start raising another disciple. Calm down. A baby cannot raise a baby. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A baby can't raise a baby. Let them grow into the motions of it. But can they start doing outreach? They can. What will you do at the initial stages of the outreach? You can collect it from them, right? The men they are reaching out and start following up on all of them together. So you know what you are doing? You are training that same person how to do the follow-up. So when you are following up, you are taking the person to follow you, to see what you are doing with him. What you are doing with that other person's life. So are you saying that you are a model? You are an example. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it, guys? That's why those days too, when we want to go to Bloomington, those days, I'll take all of you together. We'll go and do it, right? We'll do outreach. We'll teach. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. That's, that's basically it. So what kind of product are you reproducing? And as a preacher, you must not say what people want to hear. That's not what you want to do. You must say, because your, your, your work is to influence life, change lives. You, you can't build on social media or take what people are saying on social media to change a life. Your, work, your responsibility is from God's word and the place of prayer. Because if you teach a false message, you will raise a false convert. Let's say you see a rich person now, you switch your message. You see a very rich person, you see his Tesla, you see everything, you say, uh uh, you're already blessed now. You switch your message, you are raising false convert. Or you see somebody that is very poor, that you know that is ratchet, and I say, Do you know that God can change your life? You know that's switching the message. You are not sticking with the plan again. This is all the very poor, you see him very ratchet, you just say, God can change your life, just believe the gospel. You have switched the message, and you will raise false convert. So, because do you know that if you are bringing a newcomer to church or a disciple and you come late, 
Do you know that alone itself is discipleship? You are teaching him how to come late to service. That was why, years ago, what did we do? If you come 1.30, 1.30 was our service day, you come 1.35, you are in trouble. Abi? Because that culture of coming early must be inculcated. So that if we have Bible seminar 10, and you come in 10.01, that's a problem. Everybody will run to service. You know what I was doing there? I was training people on the culture of coming to a meeting early. You know that culture is with us today now. So that before you meet everybody, is a dissident. And it's being replicated gradually into our disciples. Are you getting what I'm saying? Late coming is not part of our culture in this church. And that's because of the way I started with you people. If you try it then, you pay money. So, you, you, so that means if you are picking your disciple, you make sure that you, no matter how you are picking your disciple, you are not coming late. Because that alone is t- training your disciple how to come late. So, we must be dogged on what we teach our the informations we pass across because when the process is wrong, the product will show. When the process of how we do something is wrong, the process of what we do will show. Because the person we should fear the most honestly is the Lord Jesus Christ who we are going to stand on and give account of everything we are doing for. Are you getting this? So our motives matter. What are you going to do with the life of this person? Oh, you want to lord over the person? No, no, no. So, so we should pay attention to details, and um, because what we when we re, when we produce a product that is not strong enough, it will stand the test of time. I used to believe that if if any of our disciples can show up in our mission, is possible. I think I can successfully do that, or even any of our sight and sounds, I can do that. I think that person can stand some test of time. Are you getting what I'm saying? Those are some basics. Person can come for like a Saturday training, Bible seminar, come for our prayer meetings, even just our normal regular prayer meetings. Because we don't pray 30 minutes in our church, we pray one hour. We pray, I say one hour. We, our regular three hours, our prayer meeting in our own church is three hours. If a disciple can successfully go through that motion like this, ah, he can stand there so time. You hear what I'm saying? That's, that's a good test. Those are tests. So, we are to mold every... So when we, we must be able to make sure that our disciples are standing these types of times and we must know what we are doing. We must know how, what we are doing and our examples matter because people learn from our example, right? Like what I said, people learn from our example. Like I said, you can't rush it. Don't rush discipleship. Don't. Make them gradual. Look at what I did. When she saw red the, the other time, what did I do? I encouraged it. So your disciple can see black. You can see the... she didn't like prayer work. She used to cry during prayer work. But many of said one, we did eight hours prayer work some months ago. <laughs> That's training. Do you know what I'm doing to you people now? You will do it to somebody. You will do it to your disciples tomorrow. And by that time, it will be a stone throw. Because, ah, I'm sure some, some of you now, if you're even driving, you'll still be remembering, I, I, I trek this place. 
we go with with eight hours, eight hours prayer walk. You just you just remember, ah, I I was in pain in this road. Some of you slept in the cold. Some of you slept on the floor like that. You lie down. <laughs> I don't care. Donkey do not finally save some people. They sat down, they do. Uh, they were gone. But, but she has grown before she would have been crying. Two hours. <laughs> but before, two hours, she would have been crying. Two hours, IUPI prayer work. How many hours do we used to do then? Three, four, five hours? It wasn't. Yeah, there are many hours we used to do there. Three hours is like three hours, four hours then. Three hours. Three, two, three hours then. We just walk the whole of IUPUI, the whole of the old school. There's literally, and that's because there's nowhere personally I have not worked in that school to do prayer work. Are you getting what I'm saying? You just keep going, just keep praying. You can't rush it. Years ago, I could not have taken you on an eight hours prayer walk. I could not. You will run away. All of you will run. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you, I come and tell you people, sight and sound, let's stay in church. Don't see the sun. Don't see the moon for, for, for over 40, almost 40 hours. Just let's lock ourselves up in prayer and the word. You could, if I have done that one in 2018, you'll have gone. All of you will show up again. But look at the progressions. Do you notice that at the initial stage, I did not take you people for outreach. I did not take you, we did not, I had, it was after a call for evangelism, we started going for outreach. I don't know if you remember. That was years ago. I don't know if you remember that at that time. That's when we started going for intense outreach. Because there was timing. So don't rush it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't rush it. Because people will learn from your example. Discipleship is like parenting. You will, it will take patience. So now, as I gradually begin to close, draw a plan. What is your plan for those you are reaching out to? Every evangelism should lead to a community of believers, and that's your local church. That means I must have a target. Listen to me. Everybody will look at me. I must have a target. That means if I'm going out to outreach, there's something I taught Joy this week as we went for outreach together. I said, before we get down from this car, what's our target? How many people are we trying to reach? We said, we said the target, we said, we're going to reach 10. And we must believe God that, and you and I know with experience, if you reach 10 people, it can even be two people that will be saved in that 10. So we now said, this is how we said it. We said, if we are reaching 10 people today, at least five people must be saved. At least, out of that five people, we must have at least one prospect. You know, supernatural community schools have, people have coined the, you have escapulated a theology. Whoever started that, I know it's favor that used to start those evil things. It's, I know it's evil. It's you that, it's you that, we, that fleshed it out. And contact collected. You know, there was a time contact collected became 
became a, a, an utterance. Contact received. Ten reached for contact received. Brack. <laughs> Where are the contacts? They are coming. Now, so you must draw a plan. Now look at me, guys. So if you say 10 people reach, you must say, you and I know, if you are reaching 10, at most 3 to 5, we'll be saved. Or at least, you will collect at least one contact. Or at least four contacts. But out of those four contacts, there will be at least one person that you know is solid. And the three, you can look shaky that they just gave you for giving sake. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that means you must draw a plan. So when you are going out to read, don't leave your house without a plan. In fact, let me, let, let me stretch it further for you. If you are a group, you are going out, maybe two of you, you could have set, let's say today, you could have said, maybe today now, maybe you are planning to go out to the house and say, okay, how many people are we trying to reach tomorrow? We can say, okay, we are trying to reach 15, right? How many people are we trying to get saved? Let's try and get maybe five out of those 15 saved. Let's see at least maybe one field or two field. Healing will happen regardless. That's no-brainer. But let's see at least, maybe at least three prospects. Then, do you know what you do? You start praying. So, what we fuel my prayer a day before or before I even go for outreach, I will not start stretching my faith into seeing to either the entire 15 I reach is just bus 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 bus. Entire 15 saved. Entire 15 prospects. Entire 15 field. How about that? That, that way you, not, you cannot stretch your faith. That is how to plan. So that way you know that you have a plan. So you cannot draw yourself and say, okay, this is how I'm going to disciple this kind of people. Does that make sense? Okay, you will take, if we reach five people, you will take two. Me, I'll take two. I'll follow up on two. I'll follow up on two. So that that way, it will not be too much on our hands. So you get what I'm saying? I'll follow up on two. I'll follow up on two. And we'll, we'll stay at it. Does that make sense? But you must have a plan. So, within my local church, as they start coming to, even though they are grown, I still become an example. Even though they are in the same workership group with me, I'm still an example to them. You don't say, oh, she we are all together now. Whoa. Let me go have my own problem. No, you are still an example. Because you, you taught that person. You are not expected to be sleeping in prayer. You, you, your Christian life will get better when you know that you are a model to somebody. Are you getting what I'm saying? But if you just relax and just say, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. you are a model. So I, I always advise something, and I've been saying it. Try and speak to people in groups. In the groups, some will hear, some will not hear. You just separate your audience. Are you getting what I'm saying? You yeah, speak to people in groups. Maybe you see like four people working together or three people. Or maybe three people are doing a study group or four people. You just go them. You just know, okay, to separate them. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
And when I'm going to outreach, I must check things. When I'm going for outreach, I must check things that will not become a distraction. I will not put too big a ring. As a lady, I will not put too much big earring that they will be behind me and say, ah, ah, wow. I will not go and wear all those fitted things that was like that my body, all my curves are showing. That see. Even if you don't even see weird, they will still they will still be distracted. But I must not be overly too such that they will not go and be looking at me and I'm trying to preach to them and they say they are believing the gospel I'm preaching, but in their eyes they're trying to collect my number because they want to. They want to toast me later. Even as a guy, I must make sure that I dress well too. That even my dress is not to dress to kill. That the babies are not going to be saying, uh-uh, fine boy. Just moderate. Because regardless of it, it can still happen. But you are the one that have just checked the distractions. Are you getting what I'm saying? You just checked away from those distractions because you are focused on what you are doing. So you must have a target. You must have a plan. Okay. I mean, so that plan will now cause you to pray. You cannot be praying, Lord, the 15 people I'm about to reach tomorrow. Man, those separate casca leaders that they are, you even lead me to them. That I'm supernaturally led to 15 people. That this entire 15 people is saved. This entire 15 people is reached. This entire 15 people, they are filled with the Holy Ghost. This entire 15 people, this entire 50 people become a great addition to my local church. This entire 50 people, people become strong evangelists. You start using your faith. You know, I told you, you don't just use your faith for natural things. You also use your faith for ministry. You walk on water on it. Are you getting what I'm saying? You just start praying. You, both of you, those prayers you pray before your outreaches. Just spend time praying. Just spend time praying. We are reaching 50 people. We are getting five people saved today. We prospects. Are you getting what I'm saying? And you will not go to where people are. You know that place for those that are not go to where they are no people. You know where people are, so you go there. Look at something. Could you have reached your maybe your three prospects saved already in your first three contacts? You can. That means your plan is checked. But you can still have another addition just in case. You can create another two extra addition of two people again. You can go. You, maybe you plan to reach 15 or you plan to reach 20 before and you said, okay, you want to have five prospects. And maybe the first five people you spoke to, all the five were prospects. Five safe, five field. You know you can continue. You don't say, okay, I've reached my... You can continue. Maybe when you now reach 10, you can say, okay. But you can still continue and say, if, if all the entire 10 has, I will say, let me do 20. But if you did not plan to get out the entire 5 field, but when you get 2, you say you just want to have 3 disciples today. And maybe from the first 5 people you spoke to, you got 3 disciples. You know, you can still press on more and say, okay, let me see how 5, just in case... One decide to, you know, to start to shock it. <laughs> we use that word. <laughs> am, I, am I being practical with you people here? Ah, so I think this will really help our outreaches. So every evangelism, draw out a plan. Your plan for those you are reaching out to. So that means you, you can have a name down written. And I'm going to talk about this in the next session. Have a name down written, right? The number, the kind of people, you can have it. You can have somewhere in your notes or in your jotter, in your diary, the people, your the disciples that you know, okay, these are receptive that I'm praying for. 
You can have that because you, this is by prayer. You can say to I'm doing outreach for two hours today. And these two hours, I want to talk to 10 people productively. That will make sure that, that will mean I will pray, right? That will mean I will be very smart. Or then Jared turns say, one hour. And I want to reach this number of people. Are you getting what I'm saying? I think the highest we've reached so far in a, in a single outreach should be about 500. That, was, that would be in the other days, about five. Is it 500? Or maybe 300 and something. 200 and something. We, so, the goal was 500, but we couldn't reach 500. It was two, two, 300 and something in, a, in one single day, within, I think, four hours or five hours. We, we set about five hours. So, this December, we're going to do a lot of storm outreaches like that because we're going to be praying a lot. So, we, we want to beat that target again. I'm going to take, check my red book to check because I know that it's written in my red book and I'm not throwing it away. I'm going to check my red book to check that target, the, the number. Because I know it was about 300 and something, 317, 300 and something then that we reached in one day. And that was from different ministry locations. I want us to beat that number. It's been a while we've had that kind of enormous reached. And no more target. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that in a single outreach, we can get 100 saved. You know, it's been a while we've had that 100 saved, about 14, 20 something filled with the Spirit in one outreach. You know, it's been a while we've had that number. So we need to rekindle those days in prayer. And so that, that's why it seems like the way we have been praying in the last couple of weeks now, it has changed. We are trying to, even this week now, I'm going to roll out a new prayer point for us such that we, we are intentional with what we are doing. So these are times that I expect that via the reason of this series, you can break the mood. Go out, especially for those of you in Rochester, break the mood. Go out with somebody, a new person, decide a storm, just like I like the initiative that FIFA and AY took yesterday. Go out with somebody, just say, look, today, we are, just plan a day and say, and then we are going to go out for three hours. We're going to this location and we want to see this kind of people say rich field. Healing will happen regardless, so that's not a problem. You say, okay, but we'll pray for the sick. So you know that you can't leave the, or that small or leave that location if you don't reach that target. Does that make sense? And at the end of the day, the whole reach and everything is an addition to the local church, right? It's an addition to yourself. It's an addition to your follow-up, your responsibility, the kind of prayer you'll be praying. I expect that you have a book now that you'll be writing the names of people that, so that way you are very articulate. You know you are focused. You know, okay, there are some contacts that, okay, mm, I've collected them, but they've not been responsive. But the ones that are responsive, okay, this is them. These are people I'm praying for. These are people I'm focusing on. We want to see. Are you here? We want to. And that will give us a proper wisdom on what to do. So draw a plan and ensure you endure with people you are patient. Don't rush things. Build them gradually. Are you getting what I'm saying? They will not always be in that in that position. Will they be dealing with different things? They can be dealing with addiction. They can be dealing with bad habits. They can be dealing with... Don't worry. Power of God will break it. Just be praying. And I'm going to talk about prayer maybe in the next session. We're going to talk about those things. But are you seeing evangelism and discipleship in a clear light now? Just a proper perspective on what to do. Are you getting what I'm saying? And this will give us more direction. Amen. I'll take questions. Any questions? Amen. Questions? I believe this is getting clearer to us, right? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'll take questions. How about we just pray? Let's just pray about what we just heard. Let's just pray for the souls we will reach.
this coming week, let's just pray about it. Who somebody stands beside you? Let's just pray about the souls that we are about to reach this coming.